Welcome to the debrief on Up the Villa podcast, where we have a more of a detailed, in-depth look at what happened in Aston Villa's game. Aston Villa won, Crystal Palace nil. Don't really think I ever get a guest on the debrief. I think it's normally just me. So joined by Justin. Um, how are you feeling after it? Yeah, I'm, I'm more than satisfied. You know. Um... We'll get into it in more detail, I'm sure. But uh, overall, a home win. Didn't concede a goal. They didn't have a shot on target. Happy days. Three points. Let's move on. It's uh, What more could you ask for? I mean, I'll reiterate what I wanted, what I what I saw was what I got. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like I was on this pod all week saying I want to mirror the away with the home. Be... be um, on the front foot, control possession, boss the game, move Palace about, which is what we did do. Then rarely had a... Well, they didn't have a sniff, did they? Never had a shot on no. Martinez's goal. Like, that is a brilliant home performance to me. Now, whether whether it's like it's not attacking enough or it's not, you know, siege mentality on their goal is a different manner. But I would take walking out that ground feeling how I felt watching that calm you know chilled knowing that we've got it in control winning one nil at home every single week I'd take that every single week do you know what I mean like we won so what I I can't understand what would be wrong with that performance so I was really happy with it it's what I wanted so yeah let's uh it's it's an evolution isn't it at the end of the day and that and you know this is what as a whole, as the fan base, we've got to just understand. And, and Matty Cash's um, post-match press conference and, and his little interview he did was was really, really telling. Really, they obviously felt it from the stands that 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 fans were getting a bit frustrated and edgy when we play out from the back. You know, it's the it's, this is the thing at the moment, isn't it? Um, and I totally understand that, and and everybody. Every single fan that pays money, and even that doesn't pay money, to be honest, that supports the club, has done all their lives, loves the villa, is entitled to think whatever they want. It is absolutely fine. It's no problem at all. So but we come on and speak as we see it. And yes, you do get I'll get a bit edgy when we play it out of the back because, because there are going to be mistakes. We're nowhere near the finished article. But the manager sets us out to play like that. We've got to learn how to play like that. He's only 12 league games in to his tenure at Villa. And for me, it's been pretty much superb. You know, it's not perfect, absolutely not perfect. But we've got to educate ourselves as a fan base, I think, because they're obviously feeling it on the pitch. Cash wouldn't have said what he said if if they didn't maybe even talk about it, you know, in the dressing room after the game that... You know, the fans have got to understand this is how we are going to play for the foreseeable future. As long as Emery's here, this is how we're going to play. So we've got to buy into it as quickly as we possibly can. We've got to understand that it's going to take a bit of time. It's not going to be perfect. There's going to be games where we lose games by conceding a goal from playing out from the back. But overall, it's definitely the way forward, honestly. I can't reiterate that in my mind enough. Absolutely can't. I mean, we go back to we go back to when Emery came at the, at the club, and 
I, I bigged them up big time, and I know you did, and I know Ryan did, and I know everyone on this channel bigged Emery up, and we were saying he's an elite coach, he's a coach like we've never had before. Yep. And it's understandable for, for, for people to react in a way of, don't big it up too soon, don't get over the top, don't think we're going to do this, don't think we're going to do that. But the way Emery is and the way Emery does stuff is totally different to any manager that we've had at this club for a very, very long time. He's not yep. here to come and get a short fix. He's not here to come and sort of say... I want you to go on the counter-attack and you'll be absolutely brilliant. And then the next six or seven games, we're trying to find this really attacking, brilliant performance that we had that we never see again for about seven games. We're not, we, we're not going to, we're not there. We don't want to see that. We, we, no. We're over that. We're over the, the managers that say, roll your sleeves up or if say, if we were really bad, you know, they, they take the, the, the small glimmer of positive out of that result. We haven't got that manager either. We've no. got a manager like after Arsenal where I didn't think we played very good against Arsenal and Emery came out and he was picking it to, to pieces because he wasn't happy with it. And that's his expectation and levels after playing a team that's top of the league. So I think what Emery's doing and trying to build is something like we've not seen before, like... He's building like a style of play. He's building yeah. philosophy. I mean, I'm 33 years of age. What even is that at Villa? Because I've never seen it at Villa. Do you know? I've never seen yeah, I mean, a distinct style of play. Dino had had a way of playing that that obviously suited the Championship and to an extent the Premier League, but it, it did run out of steam in the Premier League. Um, and then you go back to Gerard who essentially had 12 months at Villa. And if I am brutally honest, after 12 months, we did the podcast throughout the whole of his tenure at Villa. And I cannot remember one time doing a post-match, a pre-match pod, talking about one of his games in charge when I understood what he was trying to do with the team. I just didn't. It never stood out to me. It never... I just didn't understand it. There was no rhyme or reason to it. Emery's coming with a specific way of playing that has suited him and brought him masses of success in the whole of his career at every single club he's been at. It's not a one-time thing. Every club he's been at has had success. And we've just got to go along with the ride. And, and like I say, just patience. Enjoy it. You know, we will get there. The passing is improving game on game. At the end of the day, Palace are, are, are 10 games without a win, right? So straight away, as a fan, you go, oh, we'll beat these then. We're at home, 10 games without a win. But if you actually analyse those 10 games, they drew five of them. And of the five they lost, they only lost one by more than one goal, which tells you they're a really, really hard team to beat. And if you do beat them, you you, you know, you've beaten by the odd goal. Now, we, we scored one and we had two ex excellent chances to get a second and maybe even a third. So, yes, it wasn't perfect, but I really think, you know, we're on the right path. And, and, and to say that we didn't play amazing then, won one nil and didn't have a shot, they didn't have a shot on target, I, you know. Things <laughs> though, Justin, this is the thing, and this is what my point I was trying to make. Unai Emi's had 500 career matches, yeah. right? And he's won 
more than 50% of them. It's not a fluke, is it? <laughs> he's had 500 games and he's won more than 50% of those games. Like, that, that's, that's what we're dealing with. We're dealing with somebody who just wants to win. Yeah. And that's what happened on Saturday. That's we all won. he cares about. That's all he cares about. He's compared, he cares about creating a system that more often than not will, at the very, very least, be ultra competitive in every single game we play in. And we won't always win. Obviously, it's football. You just can't win every game. You know, we're certainly not good enough to be anywhere near that at the moment. You know, we're not Man City or one of the elite European giants. We're not. But that's that's the that's the end goal. That's where we are shooting for. And and you don't jump from where we are or where we were when he came in to there without problems along the way and, and oh this has gone wrong and that's wrong. But you certainly don't throw the baby out with the bash the bathwater as soon as one thing goes wrong. You know, we have conceded goals from well, playing we've out. Seen, from the we've back. seen that because yeah. you know, we we we've had, made mistakes. We've had so we've had two mares playing out from the back. We yeah. had the one against Leicester, and we had the one against who was Ma- the other Martinez. One? Yeah, when he Can't played think... it into um, Kamara, was it Arsenal? Yeah. No, it wasn't Arsenal, was it? No, there was there was, was Le- Leicester, like, there was Brighton, yeah, yeah. Brighton, and yes. Leicester. So we had yes. we've had two major mares, right? Yeah. The mentality of Emery and mentality of the team is so we keep doing yeah. it, we keep doing it, and we'll keep doing it until we get it right. And that's how we're going to do it. Now, in a minute, I'm going to show you a graphic, right? So anyone that's watched this pod over the last couple of weeks will have seen a passing network graphic. So when when we've put this passing network graphic on against Manchester City, we were all like, what is going on? Like, it was it was atrocious. Like, there weren't, <laughs> there weren't three passes strung together in the whole passing network. So in a minute... Wait until we get to it. So <laughs> let's go through the I can't stuff. wait now. Go well, watch it first. <laughs> you watch, right? So, tail of the game then. Aston Villa in XG of 1.17. We had 58% possession, eight shots, one on target. They had three shots and none on target. We had 527 passes, 88% passing accuracy. They had 362 and they had 84% passing accuracy. Now, for me as well, this is a big one, this amount of passes that we're making per game, because ever since we've been doing this pod, we've been playing teams like Liverpool, City, whatever, and every time we play them, they're in the 500s, 600s. Passes off the park, don't they, yeah. Now, we're starting to be that team that's having a, a lot of the football, and... I think that is already one area of progress for me is that we we want the football and we want to keep the football. So I think that's pretty good. Uh, we did lose the ball 107 times. I lost it 104. Um, this was the momentum bar of the game. Aston Villa are in green. On just, sorry, Luke. Just go back. Go back one one script. Right. That's an interesting statistic. Obviously, you know a lot of people are saying you know that. We pass it obviously short, but we do try and go longer on occasion. That's something that we we're not afraid to do. If you haven't said the quite an important percentage there is that fifty nine percent for me because we we're not afraid to go long. But what's very very important when you do decide to go long is that them long balls are accurate. Yeah, if you've got an out ball and there's 
there's a possible runner or you know Watkins is making a good run or somebody's in space, you've got a you know cross field ball switching the play. That's fine as long as them balls. What what we don't want to see, and what we won't ever see, I'm, I'm more than convinced under Emery, is aimless long yeah. balls. You know, people just say, just lump it up to the big man or just get it in the channel. It's imperative that when we do go for a longer pass, that they are they are critically um, accurate, and and that shows that nearly sixty percent of long balls are accurate. So I think that's quite an interesting. Well, I mean, look at look at everything that we're doing here. 88% passing accuracy, 59% long ball accuracy, crosses now, 50%. Well, you yeah. know, how, how many years gone by have we been watching Matty Cash just whacking balls in the box? Aimlessly, yeah, yeah. To nobody. Well, now there's there's even a purpose with those balls that are going into the box as well. Even dribbles. Yeah. I mean, dribbles were nearly halfway. So, no, no, it's it's, no. it's yeah, it is. It, it just that's just an interesting stat. I saw that. Though. Yeah, sorry to put into you. Right. So there's the momentum bar. Villa on the top. Palace at the bottom. That's that's one of the most fair reflect. That's one of the best statistics I think we we have. That because it really shows you the the ebb and flow of a game, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. Uh, this was Villa's average positions. So. Pretty much like always, left back a little bit further forward, double pivot, focal point of Ollie Watkins, and then you've got McGinn and Ramsey either side of Buendia. So again, it looks pretty pretty solid. Um, we've got a shot map, so we are in the light blue on the right, and then you've got Palace on the left. Um, you've got shots uh, with XG by the minute. Again, Villa are at the top, Palace are at the bottom. So again, Villa pretty pretty dominant. Are you ready for it, Justin? Have you got have you got Palace's style of play? Nah. <laughs> are you ready? Are you ready for the passing Go network? Go on. I'm ready. Oh, that's where we attacked, by the way. So <laughs> down the Built middle. Are right, you ready? Go on. Wow. That looks I mean, right, doesn't it? That's ten times better than that one a couple of weeks ago. Well, what's important there is it shows that we're using both with you know both wide players, aren't we? Yeah, it's very strong. Well, very strong. You know, them thick lines are where obviously the most passes come. So Martinez to Mings and Conser, great. There's there's great synergy there between Mings, Louise, Kamara, and Conser. Then you've got obviously Kamara, Cash, Conser on the right. You've got Moreno, Mings, Louise on the left. You've got nice interchange there with Moreno and Ramsey, Buendia as well. It, you know, he's really good. Did no one pass to Ollie Watkins that game? <laughs> <laughs> Poor well, Ollie Watkins. Uh, his own. The other thing to note as well is there's triangles. Which... Yeah, that's what I'm saying. All over. It's the interplay and the interchange and the movement. It's building, isn't it? It's definitely building. Yeah. And that's a really nice. There's no one dominant side either, which no. is nice as well, which proves that we don't rely. While Whilst our left-back is... Tends, does tend to be our most attacking outlet out of the fullbacks. You know, Cash, you know, fantastic run and great move. We'll come on to that, obviously, for, for the goal. But it shows that, you know, he's... And I think he alluded to that in his um, post-match, didn't he, as well, saying that he's spoken a lot to um, the manager and, and he's trying to work out ways where he can also be as effective going forward. And I think that shows that, you know, up, up past Kamara. And, and I thought McGinn was excellent as well, really... Since his injury, that form was coming back, wasn't it? Before that injury, we hoped that you know he could maybe get back to it as well, and I think he has, to be honest. Um, 
nice to see Ramsey starting to pick up again as well. I think he's had a bit of a lull, uh, but he's having that confidence of being picked again. Uh, and Emi Buentes started to look like the player we signed, isn't he? So, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a great statistic, that. Yeah, and then if I'm sure we've got palaces. <laughs> Someone's forgot to fill it in again. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, what What did we speak about? We spoke about Anderson being the one from centre-back. Well, you said he was the threat, mate, and he certainly was, just in the wrong bloody goal. <laughs> exactly, but we said about long-raking passes, a lot yeah. of stuff goes through him, whereas you can see here now, he was shut down quite... He was kept yeah. quite quiet, and if you look at the the actual shape of their team, it was going out wide both sides and, and breaking down. There was nothing through central midfield here, which tells me that our central midfield was pretty pretty dominant yeah, at, at breaking yeah. up Palace. So look at look at where they are as well on the pitch. The fact that you know they're hardly breaking through that halfway line, whereas you're looking at Villa. You know, yeah. our patterns of play are, are through that area as well. Total so. domination, isn't it? I mean, you look, like you say, you look at that. Basically, we pressed them so highly. Sorry, the Palace one. Um, we, we pressed them so highly that that, that basically just the two centre-halves were passing to each other all game by the look of it. They couldn't get out, could they? No. Um, Decore and Lacongo just, you know, barely passed to each other because we bypassed them. Well, exactly. To be honest, when, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're playing with two holders. Yeah, so, and they don't know, look like they even had any trying, kind of synergy there. A, they're trying to get a foothold in a game, yeah. whereas our two holders, you know, yeah. the, the partnership of where through, they're distributing it? that ball is going everywhere. So, yeah. you know, I, I think I think to, for me what this shows is when I was saying that we were completely dominant in this game, we were absolutely completely dominant. No one, I, I agree. No one can tell me otherwise that we didn't dominate this game. I mean, when you see the when you saw the team news drop at Palace, and they had obviously Eze, um, Zaha, and Elise all playing. Oh, what, there was a little bit part of me that thought, oh, you know, yeah, they're that's their three best well, attacking players strongest, playing. That was their strongest line. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, and they haven't been able to put that team out for quite a while, really, through lack of form and injuries and stuff. So, I would have thought, you know. He would have been really pleased to be able to put that team on the pitch, and 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 we nullified them basically. We we nullified the threat. I mean, Zahar there just basically. That's that graphic shows exactly what happened. He was just totally isolated. He, he had to basically, if anything did happen, he had to try and do it on his own. Uh, and but he he didn't because you know apart from the offside goal, which was blatantly offside on VAR, you know they never put a shot on target. So. Defensively wise, phenomenal. You know, yeah. any Premier League club doesn't have a shot on target. It's massive tick for me. Back five, hundred percent. Right. Let's get into it then. The beauty. This is the beautiful part now. Second time, two games in a row that we have scored from this same setup of playing out from the back. Now, what we'll notice is you can see. I'm sure that's Zaha. So Zaha has just engaged. Zaha has just started his press. So as soon as Zaha goes, that ball has to move. There was yeah. one time where that ball didn't move when they engaged and we had a bit of a mare, but it only led to a corner. So I think um, a key point of this is when we start, just before we obviously move it up further up the pitch, a key point of this, and this is where I think a lot of fans' anxiety comes, is the amount of time 
the keeper holds onto the ball before making his first pass. And I think that does create, you know, we are thinking, oh, God, he's going to get chased out. But I think what's important, in my opinion, I'm obviously I don't get into the team tactics and the team talks at Villa, but I would imagine that he has to draw their players onto him. That's the That's whole point of this tactic, yeah? Now, you have Brighton to wait. are doing it as well. Yeah. Brighton are doing the same thing. So what they're doing, yeah. they're waiting. So yeah. Martinez could wait there with that ball for 15 seconds, he will just chill with that ball at his foot. He will move that ball when that player comes towards him. He's almost taunting them, isn't he? Saying, okay, I've got the ball. I can't pick it up. Now you come and take it off. And if they won't, I think sometimes maybe if the opposition, they're better off just sitting off them and saying, okay, we'll just sit there all day. But what, once you've engaged and the front man goes in, then the other front man, Elise or Eze, whoever is up with him or, or AU, they have to then think, right, do I then try and engage with one of the, the centre-halves so I need to push up? And then your midfielders are having to push up on on our sort of defensive midfielders, Louise and Kamara. So all of a sudden, that their, their pitch, it, it, it's, you know, the, the, the gap, the lines in between their, their you know, their defensive midfielder and attack stretching, aren't they? And then there's gaps then. The gaps, which is exactly how we exploited it today with that goal. Pass, pass, pass. Gap, gap, gap. Look for a bit of space and, and, and totally expose them. Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, the the general shape of this is Martinez, Mings on the edge of the 18, Consa on the edge of the 18 over yeah. here, Cash on this side, and you've got Moreno on this side. Yeah, it's so splitting to give options, isn't it? So we've completely spread the full width of the pitch. The ball's gone into Mings. Mings has now knocked it into Moreno. Moreno's knocked it into Luke uh, into Luis. Into Luke Luis. And then you look you look at the, the closest midfielder there. There's two midfielders. You know, as he's the ball's coming to him, there's two midfielders there. One of them's obviously coming to to try and closing down straight away. The two or three forwards, you'd imagine there's another one on the left-hand side as well that have tried to press us, high press us, are now out of the game. Now, all of a sudden, their midfielders are having to come and press almost to the edge of our 18-yard box because of the space Louise has created, which then creates the space for like a Buendia or a Ramsey to sit in these gaps in between the, the midfield and the forward line. It's such a clever way of playing if you can execute it. So, I mean, we've shifted the ball to this left-hand side. Look at all of this space. Yep. Down here, right, to run into, right? Cash isn't even in this in this picture at the minute, right? He's not, he's not even in the picture. The ball's gone into Kamara. Kamara yep. picks it up and drives forward a little bit. Now he passes the ball into McGinn. Now this ball from McGinn is exquisite. Because McGinn could play the easy ball now for McGinn is this. Yeah. That's the easy ball. That's the easy, easy ball. McGinn plays this ball down here. And and just before you move it on to the next the next um picture, you look at um is it gay there, the centre half pointing? Yeah. Because of, like I was saying, because their midfield have had to press higher. It's created this gap in between the lines for Buendia and McGinn to sit in. Now, all of a sudden, the centre-half thinking, you better engage with him. So, the left-back's having to come over now and engage. Or Elise is having to track back and try and engage. McGinn's obviously got 
quite high football IQ intelligence. So he, like you say, the easy ball is just to flick it with the outside of his boot into that gap, but he doesn't because he knows he's got that space created by them trying to high press us and us playing through them. So he's got time then to just turn, which allows Cash then to make that really lung busting run. And as long as he's got the quality then to to to, to pass the ball in, which isn't. It's not the most difficult to pass. The, the difficult thing for McGinn was to get the ball in and do the turn and yeah. and then, you know, think, okay, now I've got a bit of space. And and it and it worked a treat. It was absolutely, yeah. you know, I watched it live. I was thinking, my God, that's a fantastic goal, that is. Yeah. I mean, he, like you've just described, you know, the, the, the thought process of McGinn to have the awareness to know where he's got to put the ball's one thing, but to execute it, you know, the yeah. way of pass, He's just phenomenal, and then absolutely brilliant. And and now look at now look at Palace now. Every one of their players, well, panicking, aren't they? Ice to goal, running that way as quick as they possibly can to get on the end of this. And if it wasn't Anderson, then I'd it it was pretty much going to be Watkins. Oh, it was now on Watkins' goal. Yeah, I mean, you look exactly. like Nate. What what defend? No defender wants to be turned, and and now all of a sudden they were at the edge of the centre circle, and all and all of a sudden they're all turning and sprinting back in, and and Cash has just got the whole of the, the final third of the pitch to run into, make sure he takes one or two good touches, make sure he looks up, which he he doesn't always do if we're critical of him, but he's got so much time and space to run into that he can look up, and he's got Watkins to hit, you know, and obviously. The defender's got a really tough decision to make, yeah. and I think he was a little bit unlucky. He got his feet mixed up a little bit, but without all but that, when that you put, before, yeah. But the thing is, Justin, as well, when you put a defender in that position, yeah, he's he's got to get something on it anyway. Yeah, he's got to make it. He's got to he's got to slide in and make a decision. He tries to clear it, or if he misses it, you know, Watkins has got to tap it, hasn't he? But it was great ball in it. It's something I would like to see. Matty Cash doing more of, and, he, and like I say, I think he has spoke to the manager, and I think it's something he does want to do. And, and it was a well, well deserved goal, regardless of who put it in the net. You know, it was a fantastic goal. I wonder if Anderson can get goal of the month for that. For us. <laughs> well, I just think it's um, you know it's the second one we've scored now at home in in, in consecutive games, isn't it? The one against yeah. Arsenal was absolutely brilliant, fabulous. Yeah, this, this one was was just as good, playing out from the back. So there we go. It, it it was a really really good goal and um, really pleasing to see. So you know it, it, it sets us up really nicely now because we've come off the back of two wins. We are still eleventh, but we've sort of clawed Brentford in a bit more. I know they've got some games in hand, but you've got to win them. But you know we. We're doing it. We're doing what we can do, which is the main thing. And 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 there's progress. And I just think from from where we were before Emery come in, I think where are we in the form? His first, his first twelve games. Yeah, uh, I think I can only pick pick up the last ten. I think on my app, but I think form table wise, ten games with eighth. At the moment, I think obviously there's two more games, isn't there? Yeah, I think. Yeah, sixteen he's... points from his last ten games. It's you know I think he's fifth, isn't he? Overall, yeah, in, so. with twelve games, um, we've just honestly, I, 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 I'm not calling any Villa fans out. I'll never do that because you've got everybody's got 
the rights of an opinion. I just think patience is needed, honestly. We 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 are I just think we're getting there, honestly. I really do. I yeah. love watching it. I love seeing us evolve the evolution of how we're playing and and let's not forget once again, these aren't his players. He's only brought in a couple of players so far. That, you know, Duran it was a bit of a gamble because he's not going to play much, so he's not a finished article top level player, which I'm hoping we will be able to add in the summer. You know, Moreno really was the only one he's added that, that you know, was going to play quite regularly. So these aren't even these players and look at the results we're getting. It's it's scary, honestly, that he's picked up essentially Gerard's squad and, and he's turned him into comfortable, comfortable top half team there, which is what I think we are now, I do. Comfortably top half think, team. You know, I think after the after three losses in a row, you know, we were all getting a bit like just a bit like, oh, come on, you know, we, well, it's we frustrating. Better, better than this. We but, are, but I think, I think you, you know, fans would have acknowledged that we played Man City and Arsenal within that run. All right, yeah. the Leicester game was very disappointing, but you're going to get little hiccups like that, aren't you? But we've come straight back with two great wins, haven't we? With an opportunity to get even a couple more, maybe in the row, if things go our way in the next couple of games. Well, I mean, I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves and start talking about West Ham, but that that's a difficult game for West Ham now. And off the back of they're going to play them away is, in Cyprus I mean, on Thursday night. They've just had an absolute thumping away at home against yeah. Brighton. They then go in Europe. They've then got a side that are coming to the Olympic Stadium that are very good at away yeah. from home. You know, we will be set up very, very well. Now, you imagine if Villa go 1-0 up in that Olympic Stadium on Sunday. Yeah. I am. I've visioned it already. I can't wait. You'll be jumping on me back. I can't wait. (laughs) We will both be there. We'll Um, both be there, yes. But, yeah. um, I mean, they had a good win, didn't they, a couple of games ago, but Forrest terrible away from home. So, I'm certainly thinking we can go there and, and, you know, play in the way we are. Hopefully, Kamara... Can't see him maybe being fit by the look of him. What, what off, do you but... think the vibe is with him? Um, I think he was he was definitely walking down the tunnel, white, you know, on his bad foot. So he wasn't like hobbling down. So I'm hoping it's not as bad as it looked when he first happened. But I think we're just going to wait and see. And hopefully, maybe only one or two games. I think yeah. it's probably the best case scenario. He only misses one or two. I mean, essentially, we've got a game a week now until the end of the season. So if he misses three games and he, you know, three weeks, two, three weeks, maybe. There's certainly no need to rush him back. You know, we're not desperate. I know he's such an important player for us. Yeah. I get that, but I'd rather have him fully, fully banging for next season. I don't think he'll be out for the rest of the season, but I'd rather, what I'm saying is I don't want to rush him back. There's no point. There's players that can come in and, and, you know, do a job there for us for a couple of games at least. Definitely. Ashley Young's chance to play defensive midfield. There you go. It's a position yeah. hasn't played yet this season. Yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. So we'll leave it there. That's our debrief. A little bit more of a in-depth look at what happened against Palace. So we will be back all week with our normal content. We are going live on Wednesday evening. That's going to be the match preview. So uh, Wednesday evening, we'll be going live for that one. Um, so... Um, yeah, we might try and get a football phoning in somewhere as well. So, um, cheers everyone for watching. Up the villa, up the villa, up the M